The following program is scheduled for one fall with a 60-minute time limit. This is Take 4 Wrestling with your hosts, Brian Kilby and J.T. Hogg. This is Take 4 Wrestling, episode 18. I am Brian Kilby, and with me I am joined by the man, the myth, the legend, the reason for the season, J.T. Hogg. Was that too much, the reason for the season? You're the reason for my season. Oh, well, thank you. You're the reason for my season, too. That's awesome. And I can't wait to get your Christmas album. Uh... I said I would mail it out today. It'll probably be tomorrow or Wednesday. Just as long as I have it by Christmas so we can play it at the family get-together. Yes. You can always play the version that I have available for download at briankilby.com slash holiday. That is hog approved, so everybody go out there and download that. I'd like to hit like 10 million downloads by the end of the week. That would be great. Thanks. You could become the uh, next uh, recording star. Yep. Yep. (laughs) So what's like 200 downloads? Is that like platinum? I uh, should be. Yeah, I think that's about all I'm at, <laughs> all I'm at right now. So help, help, need it. Okay, so let's see here. Uh, last week, uh, we what did we do? We, we did Super Bowl last week. Uh, it feels like it feels like we just had that conversation, but I don't think we did. No, it wasn't Super Bowl. Super Clash with the S- AWA. Super Clash. Okay, that's right. Uh, man. So this week is a, is is much better. <laughs> uh, it's Clash of the Champions twenty five. Very excited to talk about this one. But before we get there, let's talk about the gimmick of the week this week. Uh, JT, what is it? The gimmick of the week this week is the legendary Damien Demento. Is he like a radio shock jock or something? Uh, I think he did some kids shows. Like he was a, and he was in Die Hard with a Vengeance. Really? He played Eric. Okay. Uh, so I'm taking that was probably a uh, a thug, a hired thug. But um, Damien Demento, he uh, has the distinction of being the first main event on Monday Night Raw. Really? Who did he, he wrestle? The Hart? Undertaker. The Undertaker, okay. And um, he, uh, his real name is Philip Thies, and uh, he's actually uh, semi-retired right now. He's, he's about 58 years old. Uh, he actually started training under Johnny Rods okay. and uh, made his debut in 1987 under the ring name John Reinhardt. So, so I, I don't, I don't want to derail us, but quick question: He was in the main event of the first Monday Night Raw. So, the first Monday Night Raw main event was a job match, <laughs> pretty much. Well, he, I think he wasn't really considered a jobber by that point. Um, I think he was still pretty much new, uh, new to the company. So, I don't know. I doubt they were ever going to really push him, but um, he. Uh, but they did used to have a lot of jobber matches on Monday Night Raw. Yeah, they got rid of that, and they're going, <laughs> thankfully they're going back. Oh, yeah, I love the jobber matches. Uh, me too. That's one of my, wrestling uh, to me. One of my favorite things um, to do uh, when we went used to go to the Civic Center was they'd have, like, jobber versus jobber matches. Don't know about that. had no idea who was going to win. Like, it'd be uh, Paul Roma versus um, Iron Mike Sharp. And uh, Reno Riggins against uh, Jim Brunzel. Like, he had no idea who was going to win. Yeah, that's awesome. So that was that was pretty cool. Anyway, back to Damien Demento. Um, he uh, debuted uh, under the uh, name Mondo Keen in WWF uh, at a live event in 1992. But uh, then he was repackaged to the character we all know him as, as Damien Demento. He hailed from the outer reaches of your mind. And was, you're about to say your mom. 
Huh. The outer reaches of your mom. <laughs> That's a pretty good. I might have to use that. Uh, then I wouldn't be the uh, defender of children. That's probably. true. Yeah. Um, but uh, he was he was a mentally disturbed person, of course, being Damien Demento. Demento, yeah. And uh, he had a pretty interesting look to him. If uh, he had, uh, he was bald. He had like one of those little genie hair things on the back of his head. You know, like the little single ponytail, but the rest of his head was bald. Yeah. And um, he had like a uh, goatee with no mustache. And he wore these uh, just weird, it was a weird outfit. It's kind of hard to describe. It's almost like a tribal type thing. Um, Unfortunately, he didn't have a very long career in WWE. Um, He was only there probably two years, maybe. Okay. Two to three years. And uh, his actual last appearance was um, at the 1993 Royal Rumble, and uh, he was eliminated by Carlos Colon. Oh, cool. So yeah. what is it about this guy? Why should I care? Um, well, really, you shouldn't. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> He's just uh, – he, he was in that time in WWF where they were doing some pretty odd gimmicks. He was part of the Whalen Mercy, Mantar, uh, T.L. Hooper – era of wrestling he was a little before that yeah just uh just a hair a few years because uh, the uh he was with uh max moon too yeah uh, that era that, yeah that, that that's moon, about right yeah max moon actually wrestled Shawn michaels in the first match on raw awesome i think that was he was played by paul diamond by that point not conan because conan did not play him very long i didn't I, I just assumed that uh i didn't know that i just thought conan played him for a while yeah paul diamond took over the role after Conan probably realized, what am I doing? I mean, like, yeah, I mean, I, I, at that point, Conan was still like a megastar in Mexico, yeah. right? Yeah. So why in the hell would he want to play Max Moon? <laughs> well, I think Max Moon, that's one we should talk about sometime, too, because he was based on a Japanese super robots. Oh, really? So, okay. Makes, yeah. I guess that makes sense. Okay. We like Japanese super robots. That is true. Okay, <laughs> cool. Anything else about uh, Dr. Demento Del Drio, whatever his name is? <laughs> Damien Demento. Damien Demento. I think Dr. Demento, he's that he's the uh, radio radio DJ. Yeah, that was my joke earlier, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> so uh, let's go ahead and jump to the card for the week that we're talking about, the show, which is Clash of the Champions 25. Super stoked to talk about this because I love WCW in this period. I love uh, Clash of the Champions, and I love Ric Flair, and basically has all of that. Yes, this was November 10th, 1993 in St. Petersburg, Florida, the Bayfront Arena. I'm trying to remember if I actually watched this one live or not. I don't remember. Uh, I believe that I did. It's. Uh, I think I was watching WCW at this point. So I'd have been 12, I think, around 12. So there are a lot of things that went on in this one. Uh, so I, this was the first one that uh, Mean Gene Okerlund uh, joined them for, So which, which, which is about right. This was when they were uh, getting a lot of talent from w, WWF, the more expensive talent. Um, and Mean Gene was a big steal. In my mind. Well, yeah, this uh, started off with the hotline. Oh, yes. 1-900-909-9900. I still remember it. Did you ever call it? No. I was poor. (laughs) Well, I was too, but um, I did make the mistake. Um, This I have a hotline story. Mean Gene Oker Lund. That's how I figure it went. (laughs) It wasn't that bad, but um, it was pretty... uh, it was useless after the internet came along, but I do, uh, the, 
the uh, hotline story actually the hotline got me in trouble one time how um i think i was i would have been about probably about 12 or 13 i had a uh older neighbor that was a uh, female and i would uh she was probably about two or three years older than me and i uh she lived right no, I across thought, the, i thought she was like in her 90s based on how you were saying it an older female she's like she's not <laughs> yeah, exactly. older than me yeah, she was a, but when you're 13 and 14, that's a, that's a big jump. Right that is, there. That's true. But, um, I would always go over to her house and hang out. Well, she had her uh, boyfriend over and she didn't want to be bothered by me. Um, so she told me that I could, uh, call the, anything I wanted on the phone. Wow. <laughs> and, uh, so, um, of course I started off with maybe some adult numbers Oh my God! You could, yeah, okay. No, not going to go there. Okay, so and, uh, I ruck, I talked to them for a little bit, you know, being twelve or thirteen, and uh, but this is the point where I got greedy. That's when I called the WCW hotline, and um, so I listened to that, and it was like uh, Bobby the Brain Heenan and Tony Schiavone. Well, um, a month or so later, uh, her dad came over to our house. And, um, he was talking to my mom and he, uh, he said, he's like, now these adult numbers here, I, he was like, I would have thought maybe, uh, we'll call her Bridget, keep her real name out of it. I would have thought Bridget would have, uh, called these, but, um, the one thing that gave it away that it was, that was a uh, little baby JT <laughs> <laughs> was that, um, it had the wrestling hotline on it too. So I would have got away with it if I wouldn't have called the wrestling hotline. Live and learn. So, uh, I had to mow a lot of lawns and do a lot of housework or my mom would have told my dad and I, so I didn't get in trouble. So that's my uh, experience with the WCW hotline. Well, did you get any hot tips? Uh, no, um, none that I could remember. It was uh, Bobby, the brain Heenan and mean Jean were just talking. So, but, um, uh, that number is ingrained in me forever. Actually, I tried calling it about a month ago and, uh, it's not hooked up anymore. Sadness. Okay, cool. So uh, let's see here. The first match on. Uh, okay, so the first match was Recruit versus Road Warrior Hawk uh, for the Intercontinental World Heavyweight Championship, which was held by Recruit at this point. This is the International. Yes. World oh, I'm sorry. International. I want to say Intercontinental. I don't remember that belt. They did not. Did they retire that belt? Uh, it was absorbed. When uh, Ric Flair beat uh, Vader at Starcade, I think they combined them. So I think that's when they were unified. Was that the big gold belt? It looked like yes. the big gold belt. Yeah, it was the big gold belt. Um, because uh, when Ric Flair left at 92, mm-hmm. he took that title with him. So they introduced the WCW World Heavyweight Championship. Uh, oh, okay. That makes sense. And then I think that's how it worked. or some, It had something to do with the NWA split, too. So... Well, so like when 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 uh, Turner bought them, I mean, they still use the NWA title. Yes, yeah, but eventually, I think they just completely dropped NWA altogether. Yeah, they did. Like, I think they were even saying that uh, they were the matches were sanctioned by the National Wrestling Alliance. They, they did, they did, they did that yeah. for a while. Yeah, uh, this was a, a pretty interesting match. Um, Rick Rude and Road Warrior Hawk never thought you'd see them in like a singles match. Um, it was. It's interesting to see that uh, Road Warrior Hawk on his own. I think he had a lot of uh, a lot of missed potential on his own as a singles wrestler, but I think he just had that stigma of being in a tag team so much, and it's not like the people didn't want to see him, but they wanted to see him with Animal. Yeah, that's true. Because um, uh, Road Warrior Hawk, when he was when he was on, he was on. He was good, and uh, Rick Rude is was uh, I. He was probably one of the best at. Um, 
one of the I consider him as like one of the best guys that never won a WWF title, like the world title. Oh, absolutely, I think so. And uh, I mean, he got his WCW International World Heavyweight Championship, but um, I don't know if that really counted as a world title. Uh, so yeah, it wasn't as prestigious, of course, opening the show. Um, but these two worked really well together. They uh, they ended up uh, doing a double countout, which was no fun. No, but uh, I always like Rick Rude, and it, it was good. It was a good chance to see him. And uh, this was a little. This was after his heyday in the WWE. So he was. Uh, I mean, he was still definitely not. He was. He was still in his prime at this point. But yeah, I think he was really starting to hit his stride. And if he wouldn't have got injured, I mean, it's hard telling where he would have ended up. Yeah. I'm not sure when uh, Hogan came in not too long after this, if he would have got pushed aside, but he, uh, he definitely had a pretty bright future. Uh, both these guys are actually taken from us pretty, pretty early. Yeah, true. So, but uh, they're both definitely uh, legends and some of the best at their game. Mm-hmm. You won't ever hear too many words about uh negative words come out of my mouth about Rick Rude or Hawk. Yeah. So, but, uh, yeah, after this Rude had to, uh, retire due to back injuries and he, uh, had a little bit of stint with uh, DX and, um, he did a little thing in uh, ECW too, if you remember yeah, that. Sure do. Yeah. And, uh, then of course he went and joined the NWO and managed Kurt Henning. So, and you could play him on WCW revenge. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, Hawk went on to uh, keep tagging with Animal a few more times. I'm not sure. I think Animal might have been hurt during this period, and that's why Hawk was going at it alone. Yeah, I mean, but they got back together, and they went back to the WWE or WWF at that point. Um, So, yeah, I mean, they stayed together for a while. Yeah, that's when – see, I like – like tag teams like that, it seems like nowadays they have to break up every tag team after like six months of success. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but Road Warrior, the Road Warriors, they never broke up. You know, I mean, they teased it a little bit in the end in WWF, but uh, they were pretty much a tag team for their whole careers, mm-hmm. which I like that because uh, tag team wrestling's went by the wayside, but uh, tag team wrestling used to be the main event on a lot of shows. Absolutely. I, mean, I love tag team wrestling. It's one of my uh, favorite favorite things yeah me too absolutely uh let's see your next match uh was this this surprised me it was the Shockmaster versus the equalizer but <laughs> this was this was obviously after the Shockmaster debuted and i forgot that he wore a hard hat which was yeah. a joke because he the obviously everybody knows about the hard uh about the Shockmaster's debut and he it was the funniest thing ever uh, when he, well, Jesse and uh, Jesse and Tony were pretty funny during this match. They sure were. Jesse kept making jokes about the Shockmaster. Um, if you noticed, his theme was a knockoff of the Beatles song "Day Tripper." I did not. <laughs> so uh, I, that's another little in joke. So they, he must have. He probably got mercilessly ribbed. Yeah, absolutely. And, and they were going to bring him in as a pretty major uh, face. Yeah, but. Uh, him tripping just completely just destroyed all that. And uh, him, the Equalizer was uh, probably more well-known as Dave Evad Sullivan, mm-hmm. uh, Kevin Sullivan's younger brother yeah, and uh, a huge Hulkamania fan. Oh, God. Um, his, uh, probably his most notable feud was with Big Bubba Rogers over his pet rabbit because uh, Big Bubba Rogers was allergic to rabbits. 
So therefore, he feuded with the Evad for having a rabbit to the ring. It's crazy. <laughs> that's a uh, that's some late '90s WCW booking, right? Or <laughs> early '90s WCW booking. It sure is. But uh, the finisher uh, for the finish for this match looked really weak with the Shockmaster. It was almost like a uh, reverse Tombstone pile driver. Uh, it was like a bear hug slam, but he went to his knees first, and uh, I thought that looked pretty bad. But um, other than that, the match was doable, you know. Yeah, when that wasn't that wasn't that bad. But yeah, like you said, the, the highlight for me was the fact that the uh, that um, Jesse and uh, Tony were ragging on him mercilessly throughout the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, they said he was gonna he better watch or he'll fall off the ramp. <laughs> God, that 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 sucks to be him sucks so bad uh let's see here next match um actually lost where i was at so next match was uh steve regal who i love love steve regal uh versus johnny b bad who uh, mark marrow is somebody i don't love and um the fact that mark marrow as johnny b bad was so over at this point really makes me question the fans of wcw in 1993 <laughs> oh he was he was hugely over uh this match was for the wcw tv championship and um, Lord Steven Regal was actually managed by Sir William mm-hmm. at this point. And uh, that was Bill Dundee. A lot of people didn't know. I uh, didn't realize that was Bill Dundee. <laughs> yep. That was, uh, that was him. Uh, n- no, really? Yep. Yep. That was Bill Dundee doing us doing that gimmick. Oh my God. You're right. Blew- you just blew my mind. See, that's a pretty good gimmick if you don't recognize him. It is. I mean, it with the get up. Uh, yeah. Now, now that I'm looking at his face, that sure is Bill Dundee. Wow. <laughs> I think he was doing some booking for WCW at the time. I don't remember Sir William ever talking that much either. No. Yet you are darn right. That is Bill Dundee. That is crazy. You literally just blew my mind. <laughs> now, uh, Regal, I consider him one of the best wrestlers of all time. He's up there. He's great. He's great. I love him. Just pure wrestler. Um, he could uh, outclass anybody, mm-hmm. but usually worked with him and made him look great. Because uh, Johnny B. Bad was good in this match. Yeah. I mean, he, Mark Marrow was not without talent. Yeah, he was. Uh, I think uh, his main problem was is he was just really good at playing Johnny B. Bad. Yeah. And uh, not really good at being. He couldn't be anything else. Which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but when you switch companies and you can't use that name anymore, that's where it becomes a little bit of a trouble. Pretty as a picture. Looks just like little Richard. That's crazy. I love uh, one time in an interview, he said something like, I'm as pretty as a little girl. Oh, my God. <laughs> but uh, this was a really good match. Um, I enjoyed it. Um, had a pretty uh, pretty quick finish with uh, Regal getting a roll up with the tights. Uh, Regal is just, uh, just a great heel. He's a, uh, for being as good of a pure wrestler he is, is he's a really good, uh, comedy wrestler too. Like his expressions. I mean, well, he's from, I mean, he's from England. So, I mean, there's, yeah, I could see that. Yeah. He's, uh, have you ever, you need to read his book if you haven't. Mm, His book's really interesting. I'll see if I can find it and I'll have to send it to you. Okay. I I mean, I'll pick up a copy. Just don't let me forget. Okay. But yeah, he uh, just, uh, it was a great read. Uh, he's a very interesting man. So, um, but he uh, ended up winning and keeping the WCW television title. And if I'm not mistaken, I think Johnny B. Bad beats him later on okay. for the uh, TV title. 
So then next we have the Battle of the Blondes. Uh, yeah, so uh, I enjoyed this. I, I mean, yeah. I genuinely really enjoyed this. Yeah, I made uh, during this match, I realized how much I missed the runway because mm-hmm. um, uh, they were out there working on it. You could just do so much with it. So I know a lot of people were sad, and of course it was Steve Austin and Brian Pillman. Yeah, um, Steve Austin had just become managed by Colonel Robert Parker. Mm-hmm. And, um, God, they were both such great wrestlers. Yeah, it's, it's crazy seeing Austin, um, I would say, probably in his prime, wrestle-wise. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, of course. Well, okay, let's see here. Professionally, at this point, he had been wrestling, I would say in his prime... He, he may not have had the best matches, but physically and everything, it was probably before the injury, uh, before uh, he was injured by uh, Owen Hart. Yeah. I mean, it's because at this point, he'd only been wrestling, what, four or five years. But he was just such a good bumper. and um, Good bumper. I mean, he was good. Uh, he was technically sound. He was just, yeah, just great. Yeah, I think they were uh, ramping him up to push him pretty hard, too, in this, after this. Mm-hmm. But, um I mean, Brian Pillman was good, too. I mean, that's just an amazing uh, athlete. And um, having Colonel Robert Parker out there, I always liked him as a heel heel manager. Yeah. Of course, he was Robert Fuller. And uh, we watched them last week mm-hmm. in that uh, great main event with the Rock and Roll Express against the Fullers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, this was uh, Jesse Ventura was really sad to see the Blondes break up because uh, I think the Hollywood Blondes was one of his favorite tag teams. I mean, at that point, it was a lot of everybody's favorite tag team, basically. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, they were they were a great tag team, and um, they had some great matches with like Dustin Rhodes and uh, Ricky Steamboat, and uh, of course Shane Douglas and Ricky Steamboat, and then mm-hmm. like Dustin Rhodes and Barry Windham. I mean, those were some great, great tag matches. Mm-hmm. So, and uh, of course Steve Austin got the win on this with a uh, when uh, Brian Pillman went through uh, Springboard, Robert Parker grabbed his ankle and steve austin drove his head down into the mat and it looked pretty brutal it was a pretty brutal bump mm-hmm. and looked believable and they fought afterwards and it was a good time all around uh let's see here yeah i don't have a lot to say about the match other than just the fact that i enjoyed it yeah uh, but the next match uh, quite a bit more so it was uh, the natural dustin Rhodes uh versus a favorite of mine paul orndorff and uh the assassin of all people i guess because <laughs> it was yeah uh, was there uh, in the corner of uh, Paul. And, of course, Dusty was in the corner of Dustin. And I guess they were just trying to, um, well, I guess just play off the fact that the assassin was just a terrible human being and hated everybody, especially Dusty Rhodes. Yeah, uh, Jesse was on fire during this match. Yeah. The funniest line was when he said that uh, the assassin could barely fit his head in a mask. No, oh, that was bad. <laughs> He was like, the assassin's in the uh, best shape I've ever seen him in. He can barely fit that head in his mask. <laughs> the, uh, but go ahead. the crowd, uh, I mean, the match is a little sloppy. I enjoyed it. I mean, yes, uh, yes, it's sloppy. I love Dustin Rhodes at this point. I freaking love the natural Dustin Rhodes. Is he great? No. But is it Dustin Rhodes? Yes. <laughs> well, he was, he was pretty new at this point. Uh, he was still pretty young. And um, you could tell that... Uh, Paul Orndorff was definitely carrying the match. Absolutely, but um, the uh, everybody was just waiting for Dusty to uh, Dusty and the Assassin to go in at it because uh, he got in the bionic elbow. Yeah, yeah. Dusty and uh, the Assassin, I guess, probably they probably had quite a few matches in Florida. Yeah, you would have to assume that was. <laughs> but um, 
Here's a little known JT fact. Okay. I was an assassin for like my first 20 matches. Really? I wore the, uh, I, I wasn't the, uh, that kind of assassin, but I just had a black, black mask. So, and I wore like a full body suit. So, mm. uh, that's how I cut my teeth in the wrestling business. That's awesome. I didn't know that. I was one time the Cuban assassin. The Cuban assassin. Because the Cuban assassin didn't show up. Mm-hmm. And um, I had to wrestle a Hacksaw Jim Duggan because, uh, and I was the only one there in a mask. So they uh, put me out there and I ha- I was, uh, I got to uh, say, shut up, stupid Americans. That is awesome. Then, then I got beat by Hacksaw. Of course you so. did. <laughs> he cheated though. Really? Was he playing heel? No, no. I'm just saying he did. Oh, okay. Save some face. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> let's see here. But yeah, so uh, Dusty got in his... The fans were cheering loudly when Dusty came out, of course. Because, oh, yeah. They were oh, going nuts. One is Florida, two it's Dusty Rhodes, uh, and three it's Dusty Rhodes. Dusty well, is uh, always going to be over. Yeah. That's all there is to it. Uh, the next match was uh, the Nasty Boys. I've always loved the Nasty Boys uh, versus Sting and Davey, Davey Boy Smith. Not a big Sting or Davey Boy uh, fan, to be honest. Never have been. So, uh, of course, I was definitely pulling for the Nasty Boys here. Well, the Nasty Boys are a very underrated tag team. Yeah, they're great. Um, they were, I mean, they were high level for a lot of years, and I don't think they get the respect now that they deserve. Yeah. Um, I liked uh, Missy Hyatt managing them. I mm-hmm. forgot she was managing them. Um, but this was a really good tag match. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rick Rude ended up coming out because they were starting a feud between okay. Davey so, Boy and Rude. So this, this, I thought this through the whole match. Wrestlers now have to be way tougher than wrestlers back then because as Davey Boy is coming out, he got put in Rude Awakening, and he was down for like six or seven minutes. Now, <laughs> now a wrestler gets put in somebody's finishing move or somebody's uh, signature move, and they are back up in like 30 seconds. <clears throat> so wrestlers now obviously way tougher. <laughs> Well, unfortunately, they they have desensitized people to that because back then you could hit a finisher and the guy would be down for 20 minutes. Yeah. You could just do so much more with it. And I think that's what one of the problems with wrestling today. How are you going to keep that guy down? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, uh, uh, Million Dollar Man beat uh, Jim Duggan at WrestleMania 4 with a knee to the back when he was being distracted by Andre. That's awesome. He like hit him with a knee and then rolled him up, you know, because it was he stunned him. Um, so it's it's a shame that you have to do like eight hundred different things to a guy now to keep him down. When uh, back then you could just boop one one finisher on a on the ramp and you're done. Mm-hmm. And uh, but this was a really uh, really fun tag match. Uh, the Nasty Boys were cheating cheating the heck out of them mm-hmm. and uh missy hyatt looked great as always mm-hmm. uh she had real short hair in this match but uh the um the whole night they were selling the uh lethal lottery at the next pay-per-view and um was that battle bowl battle bowl and i actually sat down and watched about half of it i did too <laughs> it made me want to watch it yeah me too <laughs> But you notice Missy Hyde had long hair at the Battle Bowl? I didn't. I didn't know. No, no, I didn't. Yeah, she had long hair at that, but she had short hair at this. Interesting. It was only like a couple weeks, so she must have been wearing a wig. Ah, gotcha. But, uh, but yeah, I this uh, this show made me want to watch Battle Bowl. That's pretty funny. You watched it too. Yeah, that's funny. But um, nasty boys retain with a uh, elbow 
elbow drop off the top ropes mm-hmm. on the bulldog after he did the power slam. Mm-hmm. So uh, good tag match. They retained the tag team titles and all was right with the world. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Uh, next match, the main event was Ric Flair versus Vader with Harley Race, of course. And uh, Ric Flair had his ex-wife Fifi. Was that his? I didn't realize that was his wife. Yeah, that was one of his wives. I'm not sure if he had any kids with her or not, though. But the <laughs> but it's hard to keep track of Ric Flair's wives. This is true. <laughs> and of course, this was the lead-in to their uh, main event match at Starcade, which was an excellent match. Oh yeah, yeah. This was a good match too. Um, when they went back to uh, when they came back from commercial, Ric Flair was in the ring beating up uh, Harley Race. And Vader, for some reason, was outside the ring. So they, I didn't, they didn't explain like why Vader just left Harley Race in there. But um, uh, Vader was still a monster at this time, of course. Absolutely. And, uh, he was just uh, him and Flair uh, worked really well together. Um, Ric Flair jumped off the top rope a lot in this match, and uh, I always think Ric Flair looks awkward coming off the top ropes. If you ever notice, like when he actually does get to do it. Oh, holy crap! I was just doing some digging. I, I didn't realize that Fifi is Wendy. That's who he's engaged to right now. Oh, really? Yeah, I've, I've seen her before, but she, yeah, she, obviously she's 23 years younger here than she is now. So that makes sense. No wonder. Yeah. Also, it's not one of his ex-wives. No, it's it's one of his future ex-wives. Okay, there you go. Well, that's good. Maybe they'll stay together. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay, sorry. Keep going. <laughs> yeah, Fifi was pretty much non-existent. Uh, I, Jesse brought up that too, which was pretty cool. He was like, who would you rather have out there? Harley race with you or Fifi? Fifi's useless. Hmm. So I thought that was really, Jesse Ventura was just on fire that night. He, I, he, I, he always was. I miss, uh, miss him on commentary. Yeah. Of course he's kind of lunatic now, but yeah, a little bit, <laughs> but, uh, this was, uh, this was a fun match. Um, I, the finish was a little screwy, but, um, would you th- did you enjoy this match? Uh well, honestly, I mean to be completely honest with you, I mean it was okay. Uh, uh their match at Starcade is a classic in my mind. So, um this was a little bit of a letdown compared to that. Uh but it was a good setup for what would come next. Oh yeah, they were definitely building building to it. Um yeah, this was a a weird part in WCW. This was like the WCW transition period. Uh, not too long after Hulk Hogan would come in. Yeah, I, I mean, think very uh, shortly after this, within a yeah, year, a few months, wasn't it? Yeah, I think it was a few months. Um, first, uh, well, August twenty fourth, nineteen ninety four, was Hogan's first Clash of the Champion. Okay, so it was like July I mean, or something when they announced it. So I mean, it was like yeah. seven eight months. It wasn't that long. So uh, this was, uh, I mean, this was like the last part of the WCW that was WCW without like the WWF Hulk Hogan inter- influence. Um, Ric Flair ended up, uh, Vader, uh, they did a spot where Vader clotheslined the referee when Ric Flair dumped out of the way. And then, uh, Vader went for a moonsault and Flair moved and then pinned him with another referee. And of course the referee had the referee that got knocked down, disqualified Vader. Yeah. So oh, that's right. Yeah. Uh, what I thought was funny was Vader. Uh, if Ric Flair wouldn't have moved, Vader still wouldn't have hit the moonsault. Yeah. And that, but uh, but it was pretty cool. Like because uh, that would knock the wind out of you missing a moonsault. Absolutely, it would. Hitting a moonsault would knock the wind yeah. out of you. Yeah. 
I, I think that kind of comes with one of those things where it's like when you hit the drop kick, you're all right, but you miss the drop kick, it hurts. Yeah. It, yeah. <laughs> but um, I mean, I understand why they went with the screw job finish. I mean, they didn't want to give away that title change on free TV. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, they were definitely because this was a month or so before Starcade. I think. Yeah, it was a little, little November, over, little over a month. So uh, I'll be honest with you. After after talking about it, I like this less than I did before we talked about it. Oh, I I think I like it less now uh, because <laughs> like the, the 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 Ric Flair finish, uh, the the finish in that match that was screwy. Uh, Dustin Rhodes was not as awesome as I remember him being. Um, yeah. Uh, Davy Boy Smith laid in the ring or laid outside of the ring for like eight minutes before the match started. This actually kind of sucked. <laughs> I still liked it. I enjoyed and, it at the time. Well, I hope I didn't uh, change your opinion of I, it. No, I changed my own opinion on change. it. <laughs> well, was it? I, I wouldn't probably call this one of the best Clash of the Champions, but it was still pretty decent. It was free TV. Yeah. So uh, let's see here. Uh, overall, I mean, it, 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 there absolutely have been worse things we've talked about. Uh, but what I'm actually really excited about what we're going to talk about next week. You brought, you had a great suggestion, which was, oh, uh, the Saturday night's main event, November '89. That's right, uh, with the main event of Hulk Hogan versus the Genius. I'm excited about that. It's one of my favorite Saturday Night Main events. I, I remember watching it, and I was eating uh, Cracker Jacks. That's awesome. I don't have a lot, a lot of firm memories about these shows, but I remember liking them when they aired. Yeah, I, uh, for some reason, I specifically remember that one because I was eating Cracker Jacks, and I looked on the floor, and I saw uh, what I thought was a peanut, and I went to grab it, and it turned out to be a beetle. <laughs> so that's... This, so <laughs> I'm leaving that in. I'm leaving that in. <laughs> That's awful, <laughs> but I love. No, I just stuck with me. But I love that show. So okay, cool. Okay, so let's see here. You know what you could do? You could What's subscribe that? to us on iTunes and leave us a review. That's what you should do. That'd be great. And I'm talking about you, Tom McLean. Absolutely, do that. Uh, also, <laughs> uh, also uh, use our Amazon links. We would appreciate that. It helps keep the show afloat. Helps keep all the stuff that we do here at Radio Free Cybertron. Uh, TFRadio.net keeps that stuff running. It's expensive, man. It's expensive. Uh, like you. I, yeah, it, just running running a podcast empire is not cheap. So uh, tfradio.net slash Amazon takes you right to Amazon. And uh, basically, anytime you use that link, Amazon sends a little bit back to us to help pay for the show. doesn't cost you a cent more. And as XV on Radio Free Cybertron said last week, you're basically stealing from us by not using it. That's right. Yeah. And don't please don't let make Brian have to sell one of his cats. He loves his cats. I love my cats. I need my cats. I don't want to sell it. But they're expensive. Yeah, to feed and podcasts got to got to pay for it somehow. I don't want to have to put my cat to work. I mean, it can't pull a plow. How long would it last out there? Not very long at all. So cats are known to not want to pull plows. Exactly. Tfradio.net slash Amazon. Save Uh, Brian's cat. Hashtag save Brian's cat. Uh, (laughs) Speaking of hashtags, you can follow me on Twitter at bkilby and on Instagram at Brian Kilby. JT, how do people get a hold of you? You can get a hold of me at tfradio.net slash H-O-G-G. And on Twitter, I'm at JT underscore H-O-G-G. Awesome. Hey, and uh, thank you to everybody out there who listens to the show each week. We appreciate it. 
Um, it's actually kind of nice to find out, find out there actually are people who listen. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of fun. This is the only show that I actually don't track our audience to at all. So. Uh, because I can't, for whatever reason, it's not tracking. So when I found out that we have listeners, that made my day. Yeah, we. Uh, I've actually gotten a few comments on shows I've been on uh, of guys listening to it. Um, Rich from uh, Appalachian Championship Wrestling was talking about how much he enjoyed the show. That's awesome. So that's good. And uh, if anybody's in the West Virginia area, I should check them out because uh, I make frequent appearances there. Oh, cool. That's awesome. I love I love West Virginia. It's a great state. West, oh, it's great. The uh they I think West Virginia has the best wrestling fans because um they get into it. Yeah. I can see they that. They really believe it. I can see uh, that. That's what we need. Absolutely. We need more we need more fans who haven't been smartened up. That's right. Yeah, you know, I would love to live in a world where everybody's not smart. <laughs> Genuinely. Yeah. I was that much, would be great. I was a much happier wrestling fan before I was smartened up. Well, yeah, because now everybody worries about other things like, oh, my favorite wrestler is not getting a push. Yeah, God. Yeah. I mean, I I say that crap, and I hate it at the same time. Yeah, that's what uh, I, I try not to. But, I mean, I still fall under that trap, too. When I watch wrestling, I really try my best to watch it as if it's a shoot, as if it's competitive. I try my best to do that. Doesn't always work out, but <laughs> but when I look when I watch it that way, I, I enjoy it more. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, I I the like I said, the Goldberg uh, Lesnar match caught me off guard, and I really enjoyed being caught off guard. Absolutely, isn't it nice? I mean, that, it's it's just so refreshing not to go in thinking, well, I'm probably going to be able to tell what's going to happen. So, because if you watch wrestling long enough, you start figuring little little stuff out. So, yeah, yeah. true, true, true. But back then, uh, watching the old time wrestling, you never knew what was going to happen. Yeah, the internet didn't ruin it. Maybe we should talk anonymous into shutting down the internet so wrestling could be saved. Man, I don't know. That'd be hard. But then, of course, we wouldn't be able to be talking to our podcast then. So Yeah, that's true. <laughs> you're darned if you do, you're darned if you don't. That's right. Okay. Well, JT, thank you for being here. Oh, no problem. Hey, um, I had another, uh, with you releasing that Christmas album, Oh, I uh, came up with a little song of my own. Oh, really? So I'm going to I'm going to sing it right now. It's a debut. Jingle bells, diecast smells. I'm going to punch him in the face when he gets in the ring with me. I'm going to squash him like a bug. We'll see you guys next week. Have a good one. Bye-bye.